Father, the truly Lord, wherever two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in your midst, O God. Father, we thank you that this evening you haven't missed your appointment with us, O God. But Father, you've come, O Lord, to meet with us, O Lord, to speak to us, O Father. Lord, this evening we just want to surrender all that we are unto you, Lord. I want to surrender myself to you, O God. Father, we come to hear us into your hands, O Lord. We just want to surrender everything to you, O Lord. The Father, you will speak, O Lord, of your spirit in us, O Lord, we hear your word, O God. And the Father, not only hear it, but Lord, bring it into action, O Lord, we pray this evening, Lord. The Father, the word will be a reality, O God, or the word, O Lord, will bring freedom or bring deliverance, O Lord. We'll bring healing, Lord, we'll bring whatever is needed in the body this evening, O God. Father, I just yield myself to you as a vassal, Lord God. You'll be the one to direct the words, O Lord. Even if they have to go off the notes, O Lord, you have your way this evening, O God. But Lord, all we want is to see you, O Lord. We don't want to see a man this evening, Lord God. We want to see you, Father. We ask, O Lord, those who's gathered at home, O Lord, we ask that you bless them also, O Father, that you be with them, Lord, that your presence will be in you, Mr. Lord, we ask this evening. We just want to give you thanks, O Lord, Father. We want to give you praise, O Lord. And we just ask you to be glorified in our midst this evening. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you all. Amen. We thank the Lord and glad to be here this evening. God bless you, musicians. Thank you. Amen. Amen. How many enjoy the services over the weekend? Amen. It's good to have Brother Dwayne here. And Amen. It's just been a blessing. Amen. The Lord bless him. Amen. Well, this evening we'll take his scriptures and just want to take a little story this evening. And we, sometimes that we know, we, we've read it many a times, we've heard it spoken off many a times, and we just want to pick it up this evening again and just share a bit from it. We want to open to Mark chapter 5. I want to read from verse 21 to 23, and then we'll jump to verse 35 and we we'll read from 25 to 41. Amen. Mark 5, 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Verse 35. While he has picked, there come. While he has picked, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth see the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make ye this idol and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put all when he had put all out, when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was laying. 
And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kiumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Amen. The Lord bless this word. You might have your seat. Amen. I want to take a title from verse 21, 41. And I'll title this evening, Thalita Kiumi, which has been interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Amen. Rebranham was speaking this, and when you listen to proving his word, Rebranham will take the scripture and he'll speak on it and Improving his word before he started to speak about the scripture, he would say that, you know, this is not a fairy tale. This is not something, this is not a parable. This is not some, some story that has been just written just for writing's sake. But this is something that really happened. This is something that really came to pass. Truly there was a man that was in, in this situation and and truly Jesus was walking by, and truly Jesus went to this man's house, and truly Jesus just raised up his daughter, amen. This is not just a story, but this is a reality, amen. And we believe that the Word of God has got power in it. And we believe that the Word of God is not something for just the past, but it's something that is present. Amen. Brother Branham will preach a sermon about lifting, lifting Jesus out of history. And I believe that it's come time that we shouldn't be keeping Jesus in history, but we want to understand that the Word is true, that Jesus is well and alive. Amen. That His Word is well and true today. Amen. You know, there are situations and there are circumstances and there are problems that sometimes comes away and we will, may look at it from our natural eyes and we will say that there is no hope or we may think that there is no way out of these kind of situations and we may think that it is very impossible. Amen. But one thing we always ought to remember that there was a man that walked on that by the name of Jesus, that he faced every situation that each and every one faced every day. He faced every temptation that we faced every day. He faced every problem that we face every day. He faced every circumstance that we face every day. And Isaiah 53 verse 3 will say that he was despised and he was and rejected by man. He said, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. Amen. And we hid as it was our face from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Amen. See, he was a man that was rejected. He was despised. He went through a lot, but through it all, there is one thing that we can see, that never one time did he ever fail. Amen. Never one time did he ever give up. Amen. Never one time did he ever disappoint. But every time he was there in season, every time he was there to have an answer. And why was that so? Because he was walking in the word I was spoken concerning him. He he wasn't doubting the word I was spoken concerning him, but he was walking in that word, and it had become a reality to him, and he, there was no one that was going to take the word away, because he was the only one that was called to fulfill that word. John the Baptist wasn't called to fulfill that, but Jesus was called to fulfill it, and I want you to know this evening that no one has been called to fulfill this word. The denomination has been called, but you has been called to fulfill the word of God. Hallelujah. In the mighty conqueror, Dallas 9 and 58, Brother Branham will say, he never preached a funeral. He said, death couldn't stay in his presence. He said, how could death and life dwell together? They can't do it. He said, that's the reason today, brother, when the church is born again of the Spirit of God, death and life can hold together. Something takes place. Christ comes in and conquers our passions. He conquers our desires. He conquers all that is ungodly about us. And because he lives, we live also. He conquers everything that is ungodly. He's already did it. It's laying at our hands just to receive it. Amen. And I believe that this evening, what is laying our hands to receive is the Spirit of God. It is the Holy Spirit. That is what is laying at our hands. And I believe that I am speaking to the bride of Christ that has been filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. That I've received the Holy Ghost. That I've received the Word for our season. And she's not one that is going to back off. Amen. She has been called to be a dissolver of doubts. She has been called to overcome every temptation. Amen. Why? Because she has received the word. 
And you know, the word is the only thing that will defeat the enemy at any time, at any place, and at any moment. Amen. It is the word that will do it. Nothing else will do it, but just the word. Amen. You see, one time, we all can say and we all can remember the day when, when we all lived in sin and, and lived in sin and trespassed and we all lived in a time that we didn't know God, we were alienated from Him. How many remember that day? Oh, you do remember that day that we were slaves to the enemy and we were slaves to His devices and, you know, we were almost without hope and we were living in darkness. But there was something about us that our nature from the beginning wasn't so. Right from the beginning, we weren't born to be living in that place. Right from the beginning, we weren't born to be chickens, but we were born to be eagles. Amen. That was our nature right from the beginning. See, we were predestinated to eternal life. We were predestinated to be sons and daughters of God in this Laodicean age. Amen. And as we walked in the world and not knowing right from wrong and just did what, you know, pleased to our flesh. There come a day that the Lord came our way and, and he took his place upon the throne of our hearts. And when he took his place upon the throne of our hearts, something different started to happen. Our life started to change. Sin had to leave. Addictions had to leave. Complexes had to leave. Temptations had to leave. Why? Because something had come to take a place in our life. Something had come and take a place in our soul. And you see the quote we read said that life and death cannot live together. Amen. Life and death cannot live together. So when he came and took that place in our soul, death had to leave. The world had to leave. Because the two of them could not coincide. Amen. And you know, but still Satan will come around and he'll try to remember us and try to bring us back again into bondage. But one thing I want you to remember this evening is there is a 10,000 volt line that is running into your van. Amen. There is a 10,000 volt line that is running into your veins. You see, one time he came and he tried to touch that line. And he tried to touch it by misinterpreting the word. But you see, the word corrected the error. The word corrected the error that he was trying to bring. And I want you to know that the word is dwelling in you. The word is living in you. And Satan may come and try to say lies to you. He may come and say that you haven't received the Holy Ghost just because of a mistake you did or something you said. And he say you cannot, be, you cannot have the Holy Ghost. He might come to you and say that you are not going to make it to the rapture. He may come to you and say that you are not worthy. And he may put all of these things in your top. But I want you to remember sometime and I want you to be aware of sometime that you didn't choose God but God chose you hallelujah I want you to remember sometime that you didn't elect yourself but God elected you hallelujah I think it is time to start speaking the word back to the enemy and start putting him back into his place hallelujah you see we wonder if he elected you he is going to see you through and there is only one group of people that are going to make it to the rapture and that is the elect Hallelujah. No one else is going to make it to the rapture but the elect. And he will come and he will say sin and he'll talk about sin and whatever he wants. But you see, one thing you ought to remember again that you never sinned in the first place. He's the one who done the sinning. You are the one who done the sinning, but he done the sinning. And there is a way that has been provided and has been provided for you, but not for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. He's provided a way back for you, but there's no way back for him. He is doomed. Hallelujah. He is doomed. Hallelujah. Satan is doomed. 
Amen. And not only did he provide a place for you and a way for you, but he said you're up in a heavenly place. Amen. He said you're up to soar high. Amen. Above your troubles, above your problems. You remember one time, I don't remember who was speaking, but they would talk. I think it was Brother Dwayne that was speaking. That would talk about, you know, how they how the crow would come and sit upon the eagle's back and would try to bother the eagle, but the eagle wouldn't even bother to, to kind of give him any attention. But all the eagle would do was start to rise just higher. It would just start to soar higher. And I believe that is what we have to do. That is where we have to live is to just keep soaring higher. No matter what it says, no matter what it brings you away, you just keep soaring higher. Because remember that the enemy that you fight him, he has been doomed. He has been defeated. Hallelujah. Bread of Christ, I tell her it's time for us to arise. Amen. You had it on Sunday. Friends, I just come to, to I just come to emphasize on it a little more again today. To say, let us arise. The word has been given to us. This is our season. This is our time. Amen. There is no other time that is going to come for you. But it is your time. Amen. This is your time to manifest the word. This is your time to claim your inheritance. This is your time to claim your land. To claim what has been given to you. Whatever the enemy has stolen away. This is your time to go to the enemy's camp and say, you give it back. You cannot hold it because this is mine. Hallelujah. 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 See, he will come to you and he will tell you, you might be in a situation, you might be in a condition and he will come your way and say, there is no way out of your situation. There is no way out of your condition. You see, there was a man in the Bible that was in a situation, in a condition, and his name was Job. See, Job was in a situation, in a condition that, you know, I don't know how many people have ever been in such a time before, but that sure wasn't very pleasing. But you see, when Jesus, when God came to Job, God, Job, God didn't come to sympathize with Job. He didn't come to reason with Job about his situation and his condition and, and the difficulties that has been through and his boys and, and, and the children that has, has been has died and, and, and the wife that, you know, I've almost, you know, kind of almost, you know, cursed the Lord and, and whatever more. You know, he didn't come to talk about that. He didn't come to have a pity party with Job. But when he came, he had some few questions for Job. He asked Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? He asked Job, who laid the measures of the earth? He asked Job, who stretched all, all of the heavens and who stretched the line thereof and whereupon the foundations are laid? Who did all this? He asked Job, who laid the cornerstone? In other words, what he was trying to say to Job, Job, I want you to, I want to ask you a question. What is greater, your problem or your God? And that's the question that is good for you this evening. What is more greater, our problem or our God? The one thing that I know, that our God is tremendous. The one thing that I know, that our God is mighty in battle. The one thing that I know, that our God can take two fishes and five loaves and feed 5,000 people. Hallelujah. The one thing I know is that our God can go to a funeral of a dead person that has been dead for days and give him back life again. That's one thing I know about our God. Oh, hallelujah. Now I want to ask you what is greater, our problem or our God? Is there ever been one time, is there anyone here who can lift up their hands and say, there's been one time that the Lord has failed me? Not even one time, and if it's never failed you, why is he going to fail you now? Friends, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, the same technician. I, I'm having trouble with this, I'm just going to take it away and, and use this if that's okay. Amen. 
Amen. What is greater? Amen. What is greater? Friends, I think it's come time for us not to limit God. We are not to limit God because He doesn't want to be limited. Amen. It's come time for us to let loose and let God become God in our lives. It's time for let God to become God in our situation. Let God to become God in our condition or whatever we've been struggling with. It's time to let God to become God. Let us not limit God because, you know, Jairus, you know, Jairus was a secret believer. He was a secret believer, but Abraham was say, but down deep on his heart, he loved the Lord. Down deep on his heart, he believed on the Lord. But you see, Jairus was found in a, in a position where it was hard for him to actually let loose his faith. It was hard for him to let it loose because of his prestige and, and because of all the people that he had around him. It was hard for him to let it loose. And he was bound by traditions and he was bound by the words of man. And he was living in an atmosphere of unbelief because these people did not believe the God that Jairus believed in. And it was hard for Jairus to step out for the Lord. And sometimes we get to a place where we get caged and with our own ideas and with our own thinking. And it becomes hard for us to get out of that attitude or to get out of that atmosphere. And very not, not long from there we will find ourselves that we find ourselves caged in an atmosphere of fear or in an atmosphere of doubt. And, 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 and God cannot move anymore on, on our situation or on our condition or whatever it is. And that was where Jairus was. He was almost shut in a cage. Deep within he believed, but he just couldn't let it loose. He trusted God, but he just couldn't let it loose. Something seemed to be just holding him. But you know, when God looked down to Jairus, he didn't see Jairus that way. And when God looked down to you, he doesn't see you in an atmosphere of fear. He doesn't see you in a condition of, of desperation or, or in a condition of depression or whatever it is. But when God looks down to you, he sees you as the son of God. He sees you as the daughter of God. And all what he's waiting is to see the seed manifest itself in his time and in a season. That's the way God sees you. He doesn't see you in a cage of fear. He doesn't see you in a cage of uncertainty. See, God has chosen you for you to experience the supernatural. He has chosen you for you to experience the miraculous. That's what he has chosen you for. And when he looks at you, that is what he sees. He sees the people of the supernatural. He sees the people of the miraculous. He sees the people as of a commerce. That is what he sees. All we have to do sometimes is to just let loose. But you see, that was what Jairus was. God was wanting, God was a chosen Jairus to see the supernatural, but Jairus was caged. But you see, God had to find a way to bring him out of that cage. And sometimes his way are not the way that we expect or the way we desire. Because the only way that the Lord was going to let Jairus experience the supernatural was through a shock. There was going to come a shock on his home. There was going to come trouble on his home. There was going to come a problem on his home. As a matter of fact, not long, Jairus' daughter takes sick. And there seemed to be no hope. And the doctors have done all that they can do. And and they've turned you back on Jairus and said, we, there's nothing we can do. And that's the best we have. And, and that's all it is. And we, we, we just have to leave. And we just hope, just hope for the best. The priest that was around him, the people that surrounded Jairus, they didn't believe in the supernatural. 
They didn't believe in the miracles. They said the days of miracles have passed. As a matter of fact, the very man that proclaim, proclaim, proclaim healing, they said that he was Beelzebub. So nowhere as they believe that. And here was Jairus in a fix. Here was Jairus at a, at a, at a crossroad. And sometimes we come to those kind of crossroads. A crossroad of unbelievable faith. A crossroad of doubt. A crossroad. A crossroad of sickness or healing. A crossroad of bondage or freedom. Sometimes we come to that crossroads. And that was where Jairus was. And it had come time for Jairus to make a decision. Is Jairus going to stay where he's at? Or is he going to move on? Is Jairus going to stay in his condition? Or is he going to let loose? You see, there was one time a man by the name of Lazarus. That he was, you know, he was dead and he was put in a tomb. And you see, Jesus came on the scene. And Jesus told him, roll away the stone. And you see, Lazarus came out of the grave. But you see, there was something that must be, that was supposed to be done. That Lazarus was supposed to be loosed. Because Lazarus was still wrapped in the bones of whatever embalmment it was. But you see, Lazarus was supposed to be loosed. Because the life that had come into Lazarus could not have any effect if Lazarus was not loosed. He had to be loosed. All those white bones were supposed to be loosened, wrapped off of Lazarus so that he can walk and be a living testimony. And that was where Jairus was. He had to make a decision. And perhaps tonight you have to make a decision. Amen. You see, Jairus had recognized that the word of God has promised had become manifested in Jesus Christ. And now he had realized that he had to meet with Jesus. He had realized that he had to come in contact with Jesus. And if he was going to come in contact with Jesus, that means that he was supposed to break loose from all of the unbelief. He was supposed to break loose from all of the atmosphere that he had been in all along. He was supposed to break loose from all his associates. He was supposed to break loose from anything that was holding him back. That was the only way that he could meet Jesus. He was supposed to break loose. You know, Jairus, while Jairus was making his decision, Jesus has just arrived in the city and he was on the shore. You know what? Jesus Christ is never, is never late. He's always on time. He never misses once one appointment. He's always on time. You see, right when Jairus was making the decision, Jesus was in town. And I want you to know, right that you sitting here, Jesus is here. He's right here because he has promised that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he'll be there in your mess. While you are sitting at home on your couch, he is there. He never misses one appointment. And so Jairus took off to meet Jesus. And tonight you took off to come here, not to meet me, but to meet with Jesus. You took off to come and meet with Jesus. And you're sitting at home and you've created an atmosphere to meet with Jesus. See, Jairus took off and said, I am going to meet with Jesus. Because trouble had come on the home. And he said, I am going to break loose. I'm not going to be held anymore with these bounds of unbelief. I'm not going to be held anymore in this atmosphere of doubt. I am not going to be held anymore in this atmosphere of fear. But I am going to break loose. Hallelujah. I am going to break loose. And we've got it together tonight. You've come all the way from your home to meet with Jesus. And he has promised, as we said, that he's always there where two or three are gathered. And he also says that whatever you will paint on earth shall be painted in heaven. And whatever you will lose on earth shall be losing in heaven. Yeah. 
And tonight, I don't know what you want to bound, but whatever you bound here, according to the word of God, not according to my word, not according to the word of Brother Branham, but according to the word of God, whatever you bound here will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose here will be lost in heaven because Jesus said so, because Jesus has come here for a purpose. He has come here to meet with you and disappointment and this evening. Hallelujah. That's the reason why he has come. Hallelujah. And so Jairus took off his journey and he started to walk and sure he had the voices of the critics and had the voices of all what the people had to say and some of them were amazed that Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, is, is walking towards the fanatic Jesus. Some of your family see you to be fanatics that on a Wednesday night you drive all the way to come and sit down in church. And, and on Sunday you come to church two times and some people just don't get it. But you know what you're coming for. You know who you're coming to meet. Because he has revealed himself to you. And you see, he had revealed himself to, to Jairus. But you see, Jairus was just cared. But it came a time that he had to put fear aside. Because he needed Jesus in a situation. And old Jairus came and when he got to Jesus, he fell at his feet. And when he fell at his feet, he said, My little daughter, lie at the point of death, I pray thee. Come and lay, your hand, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall leave. See, Jairus' faith was lying in the laying of hands because that was what he was taught. That was where his faith was lying. But you see, when he came and he professed his faith, his, his faith, Jesus did not rebuke him for it. But Jesus, Jesus listened to it and he said, as you believe, so will I do. See, Jesus is not here to condemn the type of faith you have. You see, everyone may be on a different level and you walk with Christ. But whatever faith you've got, he's ready to meet with you right there. That's what he had. That was his point of contact. Was by the laying, hand, by, by the laying, hands, by the laying on of hands. But Jesus did not rebuke him for it. But he said, I will come. And I will meet, well, I will meet with your needs. And as they were walking down the road and they were going, you see, there was another woman that had a problem. But you see, this woman didn't have any word of promise that if you ever touch Jesus' garment, you were going to be healed. But on the journey, there was something that was pulsating in her heart to say, if only I can get to touch Jesus' garment, all my blood issue will, will, will dry up. He was believe, she was believing for that and she started to take steps. And surely at that moment, there were many people that were touching Jesus. There were many voices that were going on. And people were telling Jesus their problem. And people were crying out to Jesus. But there came a moment that a certain woman touched the garment of Jesus. That drew Jesus' attention. That turned him aside and said, virtue has gone out of me. Because she had faith in what she was doing. She was believing that that day... Things were going to change. She was believing that that day was going to be the last day that she was going to have a problem that was a blood issue. And when she came and she touched them, it was done unto her. See, it was according to her fate also. She believed that if she touched them, then she would be healed. That was according to her fate also. And I did continue on the journey. And tonight I can tell you it is according to your faith. You have come to meet him. I know you know that he's not going to miss his appointment. Amen. Just trying to go. Trying to move a little quicker. And Amen. And Amen. And so they continue on the journey. And as they walked, they came news that. Jairus' daughter is, Jairus' daughter is dead. News came that the daughter is dead and there's no need to trouble the master anymore. 
There's no need to go any further. See, it had come to the darkest of time. It had come to the darkest of moments for Jairus. All hope seemed to be have been gone away. But right in that moment, Jesus was fixing to do something. In the darkest of moments, he was fixing to do something. But in the darkest of moments also was the time that Satan was going to try to bluff. It was the time that Satan was going to try to make his boast. Raising of Jairus' daughter, Shreveport, 1956. But Abraham says, don't worry. Soon as you make your decision, the devil is going to give you a shock. When you make your decision, it's going to give you a shock. But Brother Branham says, don't worry. He said, he's the biggest bluff that I know of. Hallelujah. He said, he's the biggest bluff that I know of. But he's not only a bluff. Did you hear me? You know what he said? He's the biggest bluff that I know of. But he is only a bluff. Did you hear me? He is a bluff. That's all he is. He ain't got one legal power. He said Jesus Christ stripped him of everything he had on Calvary. He said the full sin penalty was paid at Calvary. And the devil has no legal rights at all. He's just a big bluff. And you see, he started a bluff in the Garden of Eden. That is when he started a bluff. When he had a chance into Eve. But I want you to know that there is another Eve that he's not going to be able to put his bluff upon her. There is another Eve that rose up that he can't bluff her. And perhaps he's come to you and he's trying to bluff concerning your situation. Bluffing concerning, you know, the mistakes that perhaps you made or something that has happened or something that you've done. But I want you to know that he's got no legal right upon the sons and the daughters of God. Not even one legal right. He has been stripped of every power. Friends, this must become a reality to us. It's good to know who you are, but it's good to know your enemy, to know that he has no power. Amen. He's got a mouth, but he's got no teeth in him. Hallelujah. Amen. He's got a bow, but he's got no arrow. He's just a bluff. He's going about like a roaring lion, but there's only one lion, and it's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Oh, hallelujah. It's time to recognize who we are and put the enemy back to where he belongs. Oh, hallelujah. It's time to let loose, church. It's time to let loose. Let loose of your ideas. Let loose of your own thinking. And let God be God. Because God is God. Hallelujah. Amen. And right at that time they told Jairus, you see, your daughter is dead. And he's made it bluff, but I want you to know that at that moment, Jesus turned to him and he said, Jairus, be not afraid. Only believe. Bride of Christ, be not afraid. Only believe. Friends, at that song, the angel of the Lord will draw nigh. Be not afraid. Only believe. Fear not, little flock. Fear not. Because you can. Your God, your master, he has conquered the enemy. He has overcome every power that is in hell. He has overcome every death. He has overcome every grave. He has overcome every temptation. Fear not, little pride. It is time to believe for the miraculous. It is time to believe for the supernatural. It is the time. It is the season. Hallelujah. It is time to believe for the impossible. 
The word of the Lord will say, the things that are, impossible, that are impossible with man, with God are possible. I don't know what is going on in your life that you may look and say it is impossible. I want you to know that with God it is possible. I want you to know that this evening you are having an audience with God. This evening you are having a meeting with God. This evening you are having a conference with God. And God wants you to know that whatever situation that you are in, it is possible. No matter what the enemy is saying, it wants you to know that it is possible and all he wants you to do is not to be afraid but he wants you to let loose and step out and fade and take him out his word that's what God is waiting for that's what the bride has been called on to amen to let loose oh friends right of Christ he's saying damsel I say unto you arise Tell it to kill me. Damsel, I say unto you, arise. We were living in a dead condition, but it came a time that life came in. Oh, friends, damsel, it is time to arise. See, this bride wasn't born to be living in debt. This bride wasn't born to be living in fear. This bride wasn't born to be bound. But this bride was born to live and to set, to be set free. She was born to soar as an eagle high in the skies. This bride is not an earth-born bride. It's a heavenly-born bride. Her birth might have, your birth might have been natural on the earth, but I want you to know that before you were born here, you were born up there. Before you ever appeared on earth, you were already in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. It's time to arise. Oh, we'll sing the song to say, where there was darkness, darkness used to be, now there is life. And what life are we talking about? We are talking about the life of God. It is the life of God that has come into the bride. It is deity in the people again. It is deity that have taken his possession in the people again. Hallelujah. And it's not going to happen in any other time but in this time. Because this is the time where Christ has taken all that he is and he has poured it into the church. He has taken all his power and has poured it into the church. He has taken all the faith and has poured it into the church. He has taken all the supernatural and has poured it into the church. He has taken the impossible and has poured it into the church. He has taken every healing and has poured it into the church. He has taken every overcoming power. He's poured it into the church. And you are that church. You are that pride. You are the one in which he's poured it into. And is waiting for you to let loose and move into action. He's waiting for you to say, tell it to come He said, damsel, arise. Time has come for life to move in. The life has already moved in. The life is the light that has come in this last age. And it has moved in. And it's saying, you arise. Hallelujah. You arise. And when he poured himself in the church, he poured himself in the church that saw that Brother Branham will say that we may become the Messiahs. Amen. And the message the Messiah Shreve bought, 1961, he said, Then God was made flesh and became the Messiah. Then if we can yield ourselves to be the anointed like he was, we become messiahs, little lights. That's what the church is supposed to be. Lights, little anointed ones, that's God's church. Friends, we're living in a time that we have seen the light. Amen. And we have been anointed with the eagle anointing of this age. And we have been called to be the Messiah of this moment, of this season. Now I want you to know when the Messiah, you know, Jesus Christ himself as a prophet. See, when he came, he fulfilled the sign of the Messiah. As a matter of fact, one day, he was at a certain well. And, and there's a woman that came to the well. And he started to tell the woman of her problems and whatever she was going through and the things that she had done. And the woman said unto her, when the Messiah comes, 
he will tell us these things. And he said unto her, I am he. See, he was doing the sign of the Messiah. But you see, he has done, done the sign of the Messiah. But now it's come time for the Messiah to start doing the sign of the Messiah. And you know, the sign of the Messiah is not going to be different from the sign of the Messiah. Because the same spirit of was in the Messiah has been poured into the Messiah. And what are they called to fulfill? They are called to fulfill John 14, 12. That these signs should follow them that believe. Amen. That the works that I do shall ye do also. Even greater than these shall ye do. And friends, we know that scripture. That is not just a scripture. That was just there to, to just read and, and to just say, wow, what a wonderful scripture. But we know that there is a prophet that came in this age that could not comprehend and, and you know, that took the very same scripture. And he said, he was saying in some places that more shall we do and more shall we do. But it came a time, I think, is the message, Shalom, that he was speaking to say, no, it means greater. It means greater work shall we do. Because he will take it up and he will say, you see, Jesus had fishes and he took them and he multiplied them. But he said it came a place where there were no squirrels, but the squirrels were spoken into existence. There is a greater work that will be done by the Messiah. The Messiah are the continuum, the work of the Messiah. Hallelujah. And this is the season. This is the time for the Messiah to start working the work of God. Amen. This is the time and this is the season for the Messiah to arise. He will again say that one or another scripture they are called to fulfill is Mark 16. These signs shall follow them that believe. The signs of the Messiah will follow them as a yet. Not a different sign, not something that we have to manufacture, but what has been is now. All that has been is now. Those very same signs will follow her. Hallelujah. Amen. It said they shall pick up deadly tents and shall not harm them. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. As a matter of fact, he went to Jairus' house and laid his hand upon, upon Jairus' daughter. And Jairus' daughter recovered. And so, well, as they heard the word and they said, only believe. And they continued on their journey and they go to Jairus' house. And as they go to Jairus' house, Jesus suffered that. Only Peter, James, and, and John should follow him into the house. He didn't want many a crowd to follow him, but just these three people to follow him into the house. And Brother Branham will pick it up and he'll say, that was faith, hope, and charity. Those are the three things that he asked to follow him into the house. Friends, that was the darkest moment for Jairus. That was the moment that seemed hopeless for Jairus. And friends, we are living in the darkest moment. We are living in a time that is seemed hopeless. And there are three things that has been given to you that you can pick and stand on. And that is faith, that is hope, and that is love. You take up these three turns and you start walking in this world of darkness. You start moving into your situation with these three turns and see God move on, move on the scene. We had, a, we had a sermon be spoken about the perfect faith. That's the faith that is being required. You, do, you just take that and start walking with that and see Jesus move on the scene. See, those are the three things that he asked, that they should come in with him. There was another thing that he did when he got there. He, he kicked out all the unbelief that was around. See, all the doubt that was around, he kicked it all away. 
See, friends, if you want to see God move on the scene, it is time to move away every doubt. It is time to move away every unbelief. Brother Branham will say the resurrection of Jairus' daughter, Louisville 9 and 54, he said, Jesus, he said, with all the banks of unbelief outside, he was empowered with a spirit that could speak out into another land, out into another language. And he called the spirit of the dead from out of the land yonder and said, return back. And the girl that was laying dead by the touch of his hand rose again. You see, when he had kicked out all of the unbelief, he was empowered with another spirit. And you see, when you kick out every unbelief and you kick out every doubt, you become empowered with another spirit. And the spirit come from another land. The spirit come from another dimension. And when that spirit speaks, everything shows down. When that spirit lays his hands upon some of them, it recovers. Hallelujah. And you see, as we said, Jairus, he was believing for the laying of hands. And according to his faith, it was granted to him. The woman with the blood issue, she was believing for touching the garment. And as she did, it was given unto her. But I want to remember you are not a man. He was a centurion. He was a Gentile person. And one time he found himself in a situation and it was a servant that was sick with a palsy. And he said he was greatly or grievously tormented. And in the very moment, he started to make his way to Jesus. He was a Gentile. And when he got to Jesus, you see, when he got there, there's one of the other realized that Jesus told him, I will come with you to heal your servant. Jesus said to him, I will come with you. But he said, I am not worthy for you to come, but I just want you to speak the word. You see, Jairus wanted the laying of hands. The, the woman with the blood issue wanted a touching, but that was a Gentile. That was a Gentile bride that said, I just want you to speak the word. I am not worthy for you to come to my place, but just speak the word. Just speak the word. Hallelujah. He was living in a time. We are living in a time. That we are grievously tormented. We are living in a time that there are sicknesses that we've never seen before. That was the condition in which the centurion was in. His servant was grievously tormented. And if his servants were tormented, definitely he was getting tormented too. And if the world is being tormented, we are being affected also. But there is a place that we can go to. There is a refuge that we can go to. There is something that we can do. And that is to speak the word. You can speak your peace. You can create a world. And you can live on them. But you see, when he's talking about a world, he's not just talking about you going and creating another world. He's talking about an atmosphere. You can create an atmosphere of joy around you that the enemy cannot come near. You can create an atmosphere of peace around you that the enemy cannot come near. Oh, hallelujah. Friends, we're living in the season. You have the right to create them. You can speak it into existence. You don't have to knock to the enemy. I want you to know he's a bluff. He's been bluffing with COVID. It might be a reality. It might be a true sickness. But I want you to know that there is a bride on the earth. There is a bride on the earth. And that is you. And you have a right to speak the word. You have a right to speak the word. That was the centurion. And I tell you, that same Jesus that was making his way to, to Jairus' home. I want you to know that that same Jesus is living in you. That same Jesus that went and laid his hands upon that daughter and gave her life is living in you. 
And I don't know what the dead condition is, but I want you to know that that same Jesus is here. That same Jesus is embodied in you. That same Jesus is needing a voice this evening. And that is your voice. Friends, we have had the voice of the enemy for a very long time. But it's time for the enemy to start to hear the voice of the pride. Because the voice of the pride is not the voice of the pride, but it's the voice of the master. It's the voice of the camp. It's the voice of God. And when it speaks, every knee will have to bow. When it speaks, every demon has to be cast away. Because he said that these signs shall follow them. These signs should follow the message, yes. Oh, friends, we've come to that time. And the word is saying, damsel, the spirit of the Lord is saying to you, arise. You have been given, you have been given life. It is time for us to arise. Oh, friends, it is time to arise. It is time for you to arise. Arise for your liberty. Arise for your freedom. Arise for your victory. Arise for your healing. He is in the house. And it's not a house made of four walls. But it is a house that is called the pride of Christ. That is the house that is living in. And that is your house. Why don't you arise? What is your condition? Why don't you arise? What is your situation? Why don't you arise? Why don't you arise for your liberty? Why don't you arise for your deliverance? Why don't you arise? Why don't you arise for your healing? I tell you, he's in the house. He's come here for an appointment. He's come here this evening, not to meet with anyone, but to meet with you. To meet with you personally. Now you speak the word. You speak the word to that situation. Death has to flee. Satan has to flee. Not because it is our word, but it's the word of God. We have been given authority. See that centurion, the one thing he recognized, that he had authority. He knew what authority meant. He knew that when he told a servant, you go this way, they will go. When he told him to go that way, they will go. And when he came to Jesus, he said, I don't need you to come. I just need you to speak the word. And when you recognize your authority, and I believe we've come time for us to recognize our authority. You speak the word. You speak the word. You speak to that situation. And be not afraid. Only believe. Don't be afraid. No matter what you come to tell you tomorrow, don't be afraid. Remember that it's in, it wasn't you that spoke this evening. You didn't say it. He said it. Friends, we are speaking not based on intellect. We are speaking based on the word of God. We are speaking based on a promise that has been given to us in this last age. We are taking our crowns. We've had a bluff of the enemy for too long. There's power in the bride. And not only power, but it's faith in the bride. There is authority in the bride. Damsel, I say to you, arise this evening. Let us stand on our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song to him this evening. Oh, he's in the house this evening. Every dead condition has to flee. Friends, sing it and believe it. Sing it and confess it. Let the enemy hear you. Amen. It is your time. It is our time. It is our season. The rapture is near. He was saying the torch seal. And when those council of churches, when they start to unite together, 
is that it'll be those seven thunders. It'll be those seven thunders that'll bring that revival. And we've had those seven thunders. It is your revival. Amen. Let's sing it to him. Little girl was lying there. People of all were weeping. They just laughed at Jesus when he said she's only sleeping. As he took her by the hand, she began to live again. Some began to praise the Lord. Some began to say, his daughter was was brought back to life you know the Bible says that the people that were around were astonished they were astonished with they were greatly astonished when they saw the little girl come back to life and Jesus charged them and said to them tell no man about that and he said give the daughters food to eat and I want you to know that there is coming a day that there are going to be a people that are going to be astonished they're going to be greatly astonished and I want you to know that the people that were astonished at Jairus' house were the critics the critics were the ones that were astonished when they saw that girl come back to life and there is coming a time there is going to be a resurrection and there are going to be a people that are going to be astonished. They are going to be astonished. Oh, when they see the dead in Christ arise again. They are going to be astonished. When they see the bride of Christ take up a new body. They are going to be astonished. When you will be no more. They are going to be astonished. And you know what? The world is not going to know anything about it. But one day between six and nine, we are not going to be anymore. Between six and nine, there is going to be another resurrection, not just of Jairus' daughter, but of the bride of Christ, because it'll be time to go home. And the time is nigh. Arise, damsel. Arise, damsel. There's a wedding supper that is waiting for you. There's a wedding supper that is waiting for you. Let's sing this song almost home as we call Brother Ed to come. The Lord bless you. They took the Apostle Peter out and beat him all because he would not deny the Lord as he had done before. They hung by his feet to die. They thought he was. 
Oh. 